I was I was a janitor. I mean, yeah. like I I literally um and and I figured out how could we clean clean toilets more efficiently, better and do it the best, you know? And so it doesn't really matter what it is that you do. If you do it with a level of passion and recognizing that because all you're doing, it's, it's like going to the gym and working out your muscles, you know, Be, you know, and so you're, you're not going to build your muscles overnight. It takes time and consistency, right? Uh, whether it be diet or working out or any of these things, it's, it's time and consistency. All right, so welcome. It's good to good to be here with you, Lawrence. Fantastic yeah. to be here with you, Eric. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was drawn to you, drawn to your story because it seems like you've been doing all kinds of stuff. You've been in a million different projects. Um, you know, mutual interest in plant medicine and breathwork and tantra and relationships. Uh, you know just a, a whole bunch of uh, interests in, in common. And at, at the same time, it seems like we're coming at these things from sort of from, from two very different viewpoints, right? So, so I mean, you, you spent a lot of time in the corporate world running a, a company, CEO of a business. You started, I don't know how many businesses, but, but it sounds like you've got, you know, a million projects going on. Um, and you're sort of at a place where you're, you're coming out of that and looking around and saying, you know, what else can I do with my life? Where, where else can this go? And I'm almost coming at it from the other end of like living with very little money for a very long time, just sort of like, just like life as keeping life as simple as possible, uh, as few belongings as possible, uh, just kind of traveling, moving, exploring. And now I'm at a time in my life where I'm sort of moving into creating businesses and making it sort of more economically sustainable, basically. So, so I don't know, I'm, I'm really interested in, in exploring the similarities and the differences in our perspectives and really just just hearing your story basically sounds awesome yeah yeah so let's do it let's do it all right tell us tell us who you are tell us what you do who what should we know about you wow big broad question <laughs> who am i <laughs> um so like yeah, that's that's just been an evolving story and it continues to evolve i mean i uh um spent the last 32 years building a business in the facility services space in contract cleaning and security, janitorial and security in Southern California, uh, took over the business from my father in 1989 with 50 employees and ended up selling the organization uh, last December uh, with about 1500 employees in Southern California. So uh, a, a big chunk of my life was spent, you know, growing and building, uh, taking over a family business and growing to the next level. Um, and uh, basically about 10 years ago, uh, actually 11, coming up on 11 years ago, I left a 19 year marriage. Uh, two daughters, 20, they're, today they're uh, 25 and 27. Um, but that was really, you know, kind of the big pivotal point in my life where things really, I, I would say my, my bigger awakening, you know, has really started in terms of like, what am I doing with my life and where am I going and, and recognizing, you know, staying in an unhappy marriage for, for many years, uh, because culturally and society, and we're, we're just so programmed, you know, at some level, I know, 
you know, maybe the, you know, generation today is less so, you know, than, than my generation. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I watched my parents stay together for, you know, 40, 50 years and, and what was, you know, to me an unhappy marriage, you know, they loved one another, but, and, and I kind of was following the same footsteps, you know, I had two kids and I needed to stay and go the course and build a business. And this is just what you do. Right. And then, you know, things started to, to awaken within me. I started to, you know, uh, open my eyes up and kind of the introduction was, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, the four agreements and, and, and Eckhart Tolle, the power of now, and started to kind of have an awake, a, a beginnings of an awakening, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, that journey, you know, has taken the last 11 years on this really circuitous route to where I am today. Um, I, I basically, like I said, sold my facility services companies in in at the end of last year, uh, which put me in a position now, um, fortunately, where I don't have to, you know, so now I'm really in this position of how can I give back, you know, to the world, I still um, have, uh, or I'm the founder and chairman of the board for a software company that we uh, that's called client point clientpoint.net um, and uh, we're, we're really changing looking to change the space in the SaaS world and built putting many many SaaS tools together to empower business to operate and relationships to operate at a totally different level sorry um, can, can you just explain what SaaS is really quick SaaS is software as a service. So it's, you know, you're, 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 you know, uh, companies like salesforce.com and, and, and many others in the space where you're actually, you know, paying a monthly fee and you're, you're paying for user seats to use the sol solution and it's cloud-based, right? Yeah. And so we built the, a, a set of tools for my business, um, for my security and, and facility and janitorial services company because we were looking to automate proposals. It started in proposal automation. Uh, how could we actually build proposals faster, quicker, get my, my sales team spending more time out selling and less time doing the admin work? And that was kind of the genus. It started out as a company called Paperless Proposal. We, we built this solution. I was very active in, in the space, within the facility services space. I sat on the boards of industry associations. And a lot of my peers, we, we would share ideas when we were up to when I shared what we were doing with this this product this idea they were like how could we get it and i was like oh maybe i'm onto something so you know it's the old story of scratching your own itch so yeah. we had an itch we needed to scratch it we figured it out and then we actually brought that tool to the space mm -hmm. and from there it's just we've listened to our clients and it's continued to evolve you know so um so we're we're, we're growing SaaS company um i i brought on a uh uh, a, a CEO uh, to, to grow and expand the business, um, Andy Jednak, who came from Neurogym, which was a you know, John Asaroff's company. Um, and, and, and he's been doing an amazing job growing it. And so now I'm actually in a position of more of, uh, of advising and, and being able to look at product. And, 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 and that's kind of my idea. My, my magic place is with this is visioning the product and where it can go and what it can do for our clients. So mm -hmm. um, not doing near as much work with that anymore. Um, uh, my wife and I recently uh, bought a four and a half acre property in Bonzel, California. That's in northern San Diego County, uh, kind of out in the country. Uh, the avocado capital of the world. And uh, we've got 200 avocado trees and 60 persimmons and pomegranates. And, and uh, you know, we're just uh, uh, kind of the last six months, um, we're, we started to live in the farm life, uh, moved away from the beach in Encinitas. So we were 
across from the beach for the last eight, nine years. And kind of just because of the pandemic and wanting to get closer to our source of food, um, pretty inspired on uh, around permaculture and really um, turning our, our property into kind of a eco retreat center and uh, doing mindfulness and breath work and all kinds of cool stuff that we can get into further. But um, that's kind of where I am today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, so many years sort of working for the family company, growing that, managing that. And I mean, your, your life, as I understand it was, I mean, it's a pretty standard, I mean, working all day, just, you know, grinding away. That was, that was pretty much it. Family when you could and kind of end a story, right? I, yeah, I was totally in the hamster wheel. You know, I thought it was, you know, like, you know, at, at a young age, um, just, you know, the, the whole interesting, or, you know, the conversations around money and, and, and the different ways people can go, you know, going in flow state or being really disciplined. And I, I took the approach of like, you know, work hard, you know, uh, I, I can, um, no pain, no gain or, or short, short-term pain for long-term gain was kind of the approach that I took it was yeah. like, okay, if I really put my nose to the grindstone and crank, you know, I, I, I you know, uh, I was in my early, you know, late twenties, early thirties when I started in the business and I uh, figured, you know, oh, I could do this for 10 years. I'll sell it and I'll be all set. Well, 10 years turned into 32. <laughs> it wasn't so easy to just make the quick buck and sell the business and 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 you know uh, be in that position at a younger age so yeah i i kind of took that 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 whole approach and and that led me into a much more standardized life of you know working you know monday through friday and and you know having the weekends for the family and what have you and and you know doing the grind um, which was a, a very different approach uh, than the more flow state, you know, and, and kind of just, you know, living and doing, which that's where I'm really, my expansion and growth is how can I be much more in that state now? Um, be in, and, and really understand that and um, uh, been been together with um, my my wife we got married six months ago but we've been together the last six years and and she's just been amazing um, her name's Julie Avina and Julie is a meditation and intimacy coach and has a tremendous background in Tantra and and you know was was kind of a hippie living off the grid for a long time so she's just bringing all this flow energy into my life uh, all that divine feminine, which really um, has been, you know, just a huge shift for me, you know, yeah. um, in my growth and my expansion. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you said that that shift started kind of with with your separation. That's yeah. kind of your first wake up call. But I'm, I'm curious if even before that, like if your plan was kind of get rich quick and get out, did you have somewhere in the back of your mind? Like, I don't really want to be doing this. It's not really about the money. It's about something else. Or like what what was yeah i i i think you know for for so long um yeah i mean when I, when i first envisioned it in my 20s i was like oh you know if i, I work hard and by the time i'm 40 i'll, I'll sell my businesses and i'll be set you know i'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll be able to retire you know and do whatever i want to do and and figure out what that is along the way and um so so yeah, I mean, and and so 
and and my kind of you know growth and expansion from a consciousness perspective really took the form i don't know if you ever heard of a company called landmark education um but yeah the the company was originally um so a guy named werner Earhart had started a program called est it was very popular in the 80s and mm -hmm. by you know the the, the late 80s uh, I think 88, 89 S turned into the landmark a company called Landmark Education, and they had this program called the Forum, and it really taught you how to live a more powerful life and live a life of possibility. And and so I spent a lot of time immersed from around 1990 doing you know a lot of their work and programs and seminars and did all their curriculum. And I found a way, you know, I learned a lot about integrity and being your word and doing what you say you're going to do, which really had become kind of my, you know, superpower in terms of, you know, really finding that level of self-discipline, stick-to-itiveness, not giving up, really staying the course. And, and so that was kind of like early on, I, I kind of found my lane, I thought and felt, you know, and, and something that actually could really keep me on point and do what I say I was going to do. And so really that was, and I, and I brought that technology, if you will, into my business and I, and all my key managers and people I had all like seeing the same vision on how to be authentic, how to be more vulnerable, how to like, you know, do you, you live with a, a life of, of integrity of actually being your word and doing what you say you're going to do. Cause you know, quite honestly, like that, that we don't find a lot of people in, in life that really do that. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and are, sure. keep their word, you know, or honor their word, if you will. And so I, I, I really got, you know, super empowered in that space of, um, working and living out of those distinctions, if you will. Um, and, and so the shift point happened when I really recognized I was, I was in an unhappy marriage and how, how much integrity was that was staying in an unhappy marriage and what impact was that having on my daughters? Um, uh, you know, um, I, I, my, my partner at the time was fairly materialistic. And so it was for, for me, it was, and, and I was a pleaser and wanting to, to, to take care of my partner's needs. And it was all about, okay, you know, so it was like, she would spend and I'd have to work harder and longer and more. And it was, you know, constantly this kind of like feeding the dragon, you know, and, and I just didn't know any better. Like my parents stayed together. And I, so that was the, that was the, world I, I found myself in until, mm -hmm. you know, having, you know, a bit of an awakening, you know, and it started with actually having a cardiac arrhythmia. Like that was kind of the, the beginning point about two to three years before I left the marriage was I really realized how freaking stressed out I was. And I ended up finding myself on antiarrhythmia drugs and, you know, was eating Xanax and, and Ambien to calm myself down. Like I was, I was not living a balanced life. I'd work out and I'd eat healthy, but I was just working way too hard, way too stressed, way too tightly, super tightly wound. Right. Yeah. And again, so I, I began this search of where am I going? What's my, what, what is my purpose in this world? And 
is there more than this? Like, okay, great. I have all this money and I, I don't have my health. Where is that going to put me? Like, that's not going to be a good position to be in. And so, you know, that began, you know, the, the, the deeper journey. And it was really interesting when I sit within six months of leaving my marriage, I was off the antiarrhythmia drugs and, and I was not eating at, I, I didn't need Xanax and, and Ambien to sleep and, and like completely shifted. And it was all about the stress level right? Just bringing my stress levels down. And then, you know, so then, you know, I started looking for practices, you know, things that could really help in that, you know, so I uh, went on a journey into, you know, transcendental meditation, TM, um, you know, that was kind of made popular by, you know, the Beatles, Maharishi, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who, you know, spent a lot of time with the Beatles and, you know, learned about, you know, how it how, how to meditate properly. So, you know, I took some courses in that and started a meditation practice where I was meditating, you know, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoons every day, mm -hmm. um, you know, began um, changing my workout routines, adding more cardio and, and in adding that kind of stuff instead of just weights into my, my routine. Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of the initial stages of, of going down the path of quote unquote enlightenment or, or, or you know, more consciousness. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I just, there's, there's so much information and so many people dedicated to kind of helping people go down exactly that same path. You know, it's, I mean, in so many different contexts, I meet people who are in some version of that sort of, I don't know, focused on efficiency, productivity, uh, being an entrepreneur, creating their business, getting things done. And there's sort of this cult around yeah productivity and success you know and, and it's and it's this weird sort of mix because on the one hand it, it often includes things like uh i don't know breath work or meditation mindfulness but but the goal is often like the bottom line right it's about creating your business getting profitable maybe retiring early whatever that is and it's i don't know it's this interesting phenomenon where like these, what used to be two completely different worlds of, you know, creating a business, making a profit and you know, like leading a spiritual life. Like, I mean, I don't think it's now just in the past couple of years. I mean, over the past couple of decades, they've been combining more and more and creating businesses around, uh, you know, personal growth and, and development and all that kind of stuff. And I guess I'm, I'm just curious, like, if you, if you had to tell someone, I don't know, imagine a 20 year old kid, right. Who's saying like, well, is it worth it? What should I do? Should I should I focus on making a bunch of money and and you know trying to retire early so then I can do the spiritual stuff, or should I just start on that now and forget about the money and and that'll come? Should I try and combine the two somehow? Like, what what advice would you give someone in that position? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Is it interesting because I'm 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 playing with developing a brand called the CEO Yogi, okay. <laughs> and okay. and because uh, because I you know there there are a ton of people in the life coaching business, right? Mm -hmm. Most of whom have never built a business, but yet they're coaching everybody on how to build their business really interesting you know there's just a ton of people and telling you how to do it but really they've never built a large organization and i've got the experience of doing that and building a team of people around me and and i think the 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 word that i would say most important is all about balance there must be balance uh, it, it, the to the extent that you don't have balance and the scale is tipping one way or the other um 
something's out of kilter. And when there isn't balance, the wheels fall off the cart. <laughs> you yeah. know, and 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 that's the the position I had found myself in. You know, mm -hmm. was you know eventually the wheels really just they just couldn't handle it anymore, you know, because I didn't have as much balance as I needed in my life. And so I, I, I think that, look, I mean, we, there's nothing wrong with making money. Like that's, there, you know, there, there seems to be at some level, there's like, oh, you know, like that's a bad thing, but it's, it's all around the approach that we take to making money and how conscious we are around doing it because taking care of ourselves and making sure that we have food on our table, shelter over our head, our families are taken care of, we can go and enjoy and do things and we can get access to, uh, like unfortunately here in the United States, we have a major problem with, with health insurance and, and the access to medical care. Uh, yeah. It's freaking expensive and people can get wiped out. And if you don't have your health, you've got nothing. Like, so for me, it's all about taking care of your health first. It's like the whole, you know, idea of getting on the plane and, when, and if there's a, a cabin pressure drops and the masks drop down, you don't put the mask on somebody else first, you put it on yourself first. And I, I would liken that to just taking care of our health. So you got to put your mask on and you got to take care of yourself. And so that means, you know, what practices and, and, and uh, both spiritual, physical, uh, mindful, you know, mind, body, soul, what, what practices can you have as a part of your life along with the other side, which is where do you want to go and what do you want to do in order to earn, uh, earn a living and be able to put food on the table? Because, uh, you know, I liken it, Eric, to, um, I'm sure you've seen the movie, The Matrix, but yeah. like, like that, it's, it's dipping, it, it's, I found myself for for the you know 19 years I was married in the matrix. I was completely plugged in. Like I didn't even know I was in the matrix. I, I was just in it. And mm -hmm. that was what life was. And it was when I fully, you know, when I was able to unplug for a moment and actually like, whoa, take a look at what how programmed I really am and be able to go, oh okay, how can I dip in and dip out from the matrix? Like I'm gonna go in now and I'm conscious that I'm going in and what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and, the, and what I'm bringing to it, the level of consciousness and how I'm treating people and how I'm working with people and, and then be able to be focused in it while I'm in it. And then I can actually dip out and be out of it when I'm when I'm out and not have to have that all running in my head 24 seven. Mm -hmm. um, because like, what, yeah, so, so yeah what, what would be sense. like a practical example of that? Like, what is what is dipping into the matrix mean for you now? Like that's going in and, and creating this the software company. And yeah, then, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great question. So like, um, uh, I've got my CEO, Andy, coming over today because we're preparing for a board meeting tomorrow. So, um, so you know, the, it, right now I'm I'm not in the matrix, if you will, in my mind. You know, I'm yeah. I'm with you. I'm with this other really conscious human being, present, and here now. And and so when, when Andy comes over, we're going to really be focused on the business. And we're going to be focused on, you know, key stuff. What do we need to present to the board? What, where, where, are, where are we on goal, you know, for our financials for, you know, for the year, you know, quarter over quarter, where's our growth, all of the aspects and the things that we need to be looking at to, to grow and expand our business, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really focused on the business in that particular instance. Okay. Yeah. And then 
I, I can then dip out and I, I've got things to do um, on the farm or I've got, you know, I like this afternoon, I'm, I'm planning on this evening, you know, doing a breathwork session with myself and jumping in the ice bath. I mean, again, just things to balance myself out, to ground myself back in, mm-hmm. you know, because so much of it's really around grounding and getting back into my body. Because so much of the time, especially as men, warrior hunters that were out, you know, and having to produce and having to bring it home, we're up here so much of the time. We're not in our hearts, we're not in our bodies. And so how can we mix the two to be able to actually, you know, have those times where we have to dip in, be really focused, and then actually recognize, okay, I can actually get out of that too and and not be so in that realm mm-hmm. um and it's just about creating balance i think that's the key word for me is balance yeah yeah no i like that vision that makes that makes a lot of sense to me and it seems like if you have your your priorities really clear and you know what you're doing it makes it much easier right it's like okay now, it, now i'm playing the money game and now i'm doing the breathwork game or whatever it is you know and yeah and and i and it, it's it's just about you know the uh, the you know there's a lot of you know conversation around oh i just i'm going to be in flow you know like in if, if you will you know kind of mm-hmm. southern california there's you know large hippie culture down here oh i'm just going to be in flow and i'll just see what the day brings and you know i'll just if if it feels good i'll do it if it doesn't feel good i won't and yeah like that's beautiful but nothing really gets done you know and i and i think there has to be that combination of you know focus when you need to be focused and 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 where's the balance again between the flow state and the really focused state and and how do and again i'm i'm personally learning how to be more you know constantly in in some balance between the two Mm because you know it's great to be able to check out and be in flow and just do whatever is there but again, from my perspective, um, in order to build a successful business that does create a recurring revenue stream for yourself or you have an income coming in, you got to be a little bit more in self-discipline and have a schedule and stick to certain things if you're going to re- you know, set goals and, and, and targets that you need to achieve. You got to work back in order to achieve this goal of whatever it is. I've got to work backwards and what are the steps that I need to line up in, in order to make that happen with without that it's not going to happen if I'm just in flow oh if it's there it'll happen and you know well no yeah yeah so a bunch of things came up for me there I want, I'm just going to signpost them yeah. so I don't forget them so one is just uh I, I really like that that formulation I think it's really interesting and, and very different from what a lot of people out there are saying so we want to get into that also want to get into how do you find that balance? How, like, is that about habits and routines or, you know, how does that work on a practical level? And also very interested in whether you think that's feasible for someone who's just starting out, right? So, so let's, if you don't mind, we'll just go, th- go through those one, one by one. So, so to, to start the, in my world, at least, you know, there, there are a lot of coaching and, and sort of yeah, life coaches, corporate coaches, that whole sort of, hybrid mix of like purpose and profit uh the the dominant sort of narrative that that i come across anyway is that there's no difference between your work and your passion like you should find your passion and make that your business 
you know, and, and it's this, this insistence that like, you have to do what you love. And if you just do it enough, it will become profitable. And, you know, in some cases that, that sort of seems to happen, you know, and you get those like social media influencers who are just like out surfing all day, taking great pictures, or they have a team of people taking great pictures and they make their money off that, you know? And that's what I see as sort of like the current version of the American dream. Um, for me, I don't know. I think, I think that does work for, for some people. Um, and it's, you know, uh, nowhere near as many people as, as they, they tell us it will. But, but what you're saying is something actually pretty, pretty different from that. It's saying like, yes, you can have both, but they don't need to be one in the same thing. I mean, you can be creating a software company and just be focused on, on profitability and, and, you know, really nose to the grindstone, but then step out of that and, you know, go, go work on the farm and, and do your breath work. And, and it, as long as you have those two components in your life, they don't necessarily need to be from the same activity. Yeah. And in my case, in my case, it wasn't the same thing. Like my, my, I never, I never thought I was going to be, in, you know, in the janitorial and security industry had, had no interest in getting into that world, you know, and, and at a young age, um, my, my dad was looking to, to sell the business. Uh, when, when I was younger, I should say he was in his sixties his, his at that time. And I was in my twenties and he was looking to sell the business. And I knew that if he had sold it at the time, he, he and my mom were not going to have enough money to retire on. And I was concerned that at that age, what, what's he going to do? So I said, dad, let me come in and help you. And let me help you build up the business to a certain point. Then you guys can sell it. And then because I, I, I was I was concerned. I'm, I'm the youngest of three kids. Um, mm -hmm. My brother and sister are about 10 years older than I am, and neither one had any interest in the business. So I said, let me come in and help you for a few years. I'll help you build it and you'll sell it. And then I can go on and do my thing. Yeah. And that was kind of the direction I was going to go in. And then I, I found myself in it. And mm -hmm. then and then it was like and, and it, it was a tough struggle for me because the cleaning and security business wasn't my passion. Mm -hmm. But what I recognized is that it was a vehicle. I, I, I was handed an opportunity, you know, to, to come in and, and I made a deal with my dad where I said, look, you, you let me take over the business and I'll give you and mom an annuity for as long as you're alive. Um, and, and that was in 1990. And, and I, you know, I was hoping they were going to be around for, for many years. I, I lost my mom in 97 to, to pancreatic cancer and I lost my dad four years later to medical malpractice. So I, they were around for seven and 11 years during that. But um, again, the business wasn't my true passion. Mm -hmm. But what I did is I found passion in the way we took care of our clients and provided a level of service to my clients that they didn't get from other vendors in the industry. And, and then I built and I got passionate about building a team of people around me who saw the same vision on taking care of clients and building a great team of people who loved working together. So it, the industry itself, as an example, wasn't my passion, but working around teams of people who could all, you know, uh, be rowing in the same direction and excited about a vision of where we could build the business and what we could do and how we could impact people's lives. Like a lot of my people were were lower waged individuals, you know, um, coming in from the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum. And a lot of those people ended up in, you know, key people who stayed with me, they started as janitors, ended up as operations managers, you know, all uh, during the years of, uh, I saw many, many people and their lives completely changed by by the business. So that that there was actually passion 
for me in that on how I, my business was making or our business was making a difference for those people and giving those people an opportunity to grow and, 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 and rise up. The best opportunity would be, yeah, finding something that you're super passionate about. And this is where really I'm, I'm encouraging my daughters who are 25 and 27. Um, in fact, my younger daughter, um, God willing, is going to be going to Switzerland and he's going to go and hang out with, uh, she's going to go hang out with Dominique because, uh, who, who you know, Dominique um, yeah. uh, did a bunch of the photography at our, our Wim Hof Academy. And um, he, he's, he's an avid, he's a professional photographer and um, he has an interesting specialty around um, uh, children's photography for schools and stuff like that. My daughter happens to be really into childcare and taking care of kids and, and education. And she's been, since she was a little kid, has always dreamed of being a photographer and traveling the world. And so she's she's been in jobs that she hasn't really found her passion in. And, and so I was like, sweetheart, like, let's get you over to Switzerland. And maybe, you know, this is an opportunity for you to learn photography and an opportunity to learn how to do it with children. And, and Find your true passion because that obviously is is the best thing. And but even with that, I think you need all, all other interests in your life to have a more balanced life. Because at some point, I'm imagining that you will reach some sort of an apex or a completion point with whatever that project or that vision is. And then where do you go from there? Because so many people put all themselves into something in their life and then at some point they're done and they like they 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 can't retire or they have no ability to because it's like well this is my life i don't yeah. even know anything else so yeah. i'm all about expanding interests and finding other things that you really enjoy to do and love to do mm -hmm. um so that you could have varied interests and and that's kind of how you know at the end of the day where, where I am now with with um, doing all this breath work and, and 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 ice baths with you know doing Wim Hof training is now going to actually turn into something that I I can now wow I can use this as another tool in helping coach young young entrepreneurs because uh, uh, I think it's another great tool in the tool chest so I don't know if that really answered the question or not Eric but um, yeah yeah was I, think, I, I think so that but... or was I a little um, yeah, I wanted to focus in on, on the first part of your answer, just the, the way you described how you found passion within the business, just kind of what was handed to you almost by accident. You know, I think that's, that's a very uncommon perspective and I think a really valuable one. Um, because like I, I, for example, I live, I live in Spain now and the, the attitude around work and purpose and passion is just so different from, from the U S um, the, the ideal here is just, you know, find a stable job, get paid every month, uh, enjoy your holidays and like end a story. And that's, that's the most anyone can reasonably hope for. And all this talk about like passion and purpose is just kind of suspect. It's like, yeah, eh, I don't know, man. They're, they're just in, in that sense, they're, they're just far more conservative, right? It's just, you know, enjoy your holidays, enjoy your weekends you know, spend time with that's, your friends. That, that's all that life has to offer, right? You know, yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know. I think on the one hand, you can see that as, as sort of limited and um, sad in a way. But in another way, it's also, it has a certain sort of wisdom to it. 
They're, you know. Not only wisdom, but freeing and liberating because like it, it, it just it, it, it kind of at some level takes you out of the grind and you, you get to, you know, be present and enjoy every day as long, you know, if, if, if you know you've got a stable job and you have, you know, an income coming in and food on your table and you know, hey, I, I'm going to take, you know, a holiday for six or eight weeks per year and I can go and enjoy that. Um, I, it, it works too, right? I mean, yeah. like there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that by any means. You know, I was raised um, in an entrepreneurial family, having a father that was in business. So, mm -hmm. like, I really, um, except for in high school when I worked at a grocery store, you know, bagging groceries and and putting food on the shelves. Aside from that job, I never really worked in a regular job. Like, I didn't have mm -hmm. a job. I was pretty much self-employed through college. Um, I was actually, um, I put myself through college selling Cutco knives, uh, which was, you know, Cutco cutlery, which yeah. was actually a door at the time. It was door to door sales um, of kitchen cutlery and, and housewares. And uh, I put myself through college doing that, A, selling, and then B, I got into sales management in the company, um, which was a, a tremendous experience of learning of, you know, of, of how to sell and how to talk to people and and actually be rep and what it was to represent a, a product that was guaranteed for life was also really powerful because I knew that the product sold itself. And so what if I put it in somebody's hands, I was doing them a service. Mm -hmm. And so that what it taught me was when I from leaving that and going into my business was how can what we're doing in the cleaning and security space be of such a service to our clients that we're making a difference in their life or the lives of every tenant in the building as an example you know because mm -hmm. you get into things like indoor air quality and you know so we got into a whole green cleaning program in order to make the indoor environment better um if you will so yeah, I, I think I digressed and, and went sideways on you. No, 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 that's great. That's, I mean, it's just highlighting the fact that, because here, here's the danger, I think, of uh, the idea of that you're, you know, to live a good life, you need to make your passion your business, right? That what, what ends up happening is a lot of people feel pressure to find, like, what is my passion? You know, and, you know, you got a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 22-year-old being like, fuck, I need a passion. Like, what is it? Well, I guess I'm really passionate about uh, uh, animals. And like, you know, I'm going to go to Africa and like learn all about animals. And, you know, and it's like, yeah, maybe yeah. that will end up out working out for you, maybe. But I think this idea of passion is is often lacking in substance, right? Because until you have real world, world experience, like you don't really know what you're good at, what you enjoy, yeah. What, what works for you, you know, and I, I, it seems to me like a much more sort of uh, down to earth and mature perspective to say, you know, do what you do and find something about it that you love and find something about it that's meaningful to you and really go with that. And then we'll see, maybe you can create a business focused on that, you know, but, but rather than starting from like, first, I'm going to find my passion, then I'm going to create my business. It seems really worth paying attention to the idea that like, maybe you can just start doing something and almost whatever it is, doesn't really matter. And just find value in that find what calls what calls to you and that what are you good at? How how do you get value out of that? And then just follow that thread and see where it leads. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Because I, I think that I, I don't care what you do. 
if if you actually really approach it from a conscious perspective and really trying to be your best mm-hmm. and, and do your best and what I don't care like I mean like I said I started in the in the contract clean in the janitorial business I right. was I was a janitor I mean yeah. like I I literally um and and I figured out how could we clean clean toilets more efficiently better and do it the best you know and so it doesn't really matter what it is that you do if you do it with a level of passion and recognizing that because all you're doing it's, it's like going to the gym and working out your muscles you know be, you know and so you're, you're not going to build your muscles overnight it takes time and consistency right uh, whether it be diet or working out or any of these things it's it's time and consistency mm-hmm. and so when you start to build a muscle of like whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to take this job. And yes, it's not going to be my career. It, you know, but when I'm going to show up, I'm going to freaking show up there and I'm going to be the best at what I do. And there's something about that level of bringing that, um, that type of game to it that just offers your own self this growth capability of because now I can, now when I move on to the next thing and it's maybe a little closer to to, to something that I may want to do or it seems of, like I take this next job and I'm more interested in that than the job I have and again I'm going to approach it that way you're going to be noticed by an organization the opportunities for growth and expansion and who knows what path it may take you you may be doing a job in 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 one industry and find something within that job that really excites you and turns you on. And it's like, oh, I just really love working and training people. You mm-hmm. know, I'm doing this janitorial work, but what I found is I could train people to 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 clean toilets really well. I really enjoy training. Like yeah. it's not about necessarily training people how to clean toilets, but it could be just the whole concept around training. So again, I think like you were saying is the idea of if you really don't know what it is, or you don't know how to actually create an income from what it is that you're that passionate about. In the meantime, we have to be pragmatic and we have to take positions and things, but it's then approaching those things with that attitude that I'm going to be the best at it. and I'm going to learn how to be the best at it. So when I leave, I'm going to leave my position better than it was when I took it on. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about bringing that game to it, that level of integrity to something. Um, that sets you apart from others and ups your game and and moves you further along into the path that you want to take it's interesting because as you were talking initially about it when i was in college i thought i wanted to be a marine biologist i was like from from the time I was a little kid, you know, I was watching like I'm gonna date myself programs like Sea Hunt and all, all these really old like you know old old program the you know Flipper and the other dolphins and like whatever. I was super excited about you know sea life and uh, the undersea world, right? Undersea world of Jacques Cousteau. Like I was just I was like I want to do that, you know. Yeah. And so I started out in college, you know, to be a marine biology a marine biology major. Realized could not stand chemistry like it was like it was chinese to me i could not read it i couldn't understand it i was like this is way too much i'm not going to take this on Mm -hmm. um and and so that passion turned into me getting my 
certification for scuba diving and then getting certified all the way through rescue. I'm, I'm a, a course or two away from being a, a, a dive master, you know, yeah. and I figured when I was younger, I was like, okay, well, this, this passion that I have, maybe later in life, uh, you know, I'll end up, you know, selling my business and buying a boat in the Virgin Islands and, and having a little dive boat and take people on dive tours. Who knows? Right. Like, you know, yeah. but so you, you don't, if you can't make money out of that passion that you have right now, again, pragmatically, we have to take something on, take it on, be your absolute best at it and find something in there that does excite you and keep going down those paths. Oh, I like training. Oh, like I like that analogy of, of maybe I'm working for a cleaning company doing training of janitors as an example, but I really enjoy training. I don't necessarily enjoy training people how to clean toilet poles, but training so then you get another position in the, in the training world and you yeah. just keep honing yourself down until you really find that which really excites you and turns you on and fills you up yeah yeah and and at the same time if you're coming at it from the other way of like okay i've identified my passion i'm going to go for it just like you said there's going to be obstacles there's going to be things like chemistry or just you know daily boring work that just needs to get done and that's you know, no matter how sexy something looks from the outside, there's always totally. a bunch of drudgery. And, and I think a lot of people don't really realize that, you know, the, the propaganda is, it's all passion, it's all fun, it's all flow state, it's all beauty. It's all, you know, I don't know what kind of filters, whatever, some, some kind of like, everything's just, just fun and easy and beautiful. Right. And that's, that's not true. That's not true for anyone, you know, and, and it's, I think if you're coming at it the other way around and saying, look, I'm going to do the work. And I'll find my passion from that. That just seems like a much more solid place to come from than like, I'm just going to connect to my, my passion, whatever makes me excited. And then, you know, I'll, I'll hire someone else to do the work, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, I mean, that, that perspective makes a lot of sense to me. It seems, that seems really, really solid, you know, but at, at the same time, it, it begs the question that I asked earlier of like, how do you organize your day? How do you, because for, for me personally, I, when I focus in on something, I sort of get like tunnel vision. I'm just like all that, you know, I'd like, I can literally like stop sleeping and stop eating just till I get, get the project done, you know? Um, and I mean, it's not so extreme anymore. I, I've kind of found, found a balance in that, but, uh, but at the same time, it's like, if you're really focused on being the best, whatever janitor or trainer or CEO or whatever it is, like that takes time, that takes energy. Um, you know, and it can be, it can be quite a challenge to figure out how to get other things in your life, you know, whether that's a romantic relationship, maybe that, you know, being a good dad, uh, you know, taking care of your body, uh, yeah. you know, what, whatever it is, you know, so how, how do you, how do you find that balance personally? Yeah. And, 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 and I think, you know, for me, it's come down to practices and, and then, you know, and, and, and so, making time and, and, oh, I don't have any time to work out or I don't have any time to matter. Like, well, get up an hour earlier. Like it, for me, especially when my kids were young, like I wanted to continue to train. And there was a period of time for the first three years that my daughters were, were little. Um, I stopped, I stopped going to the gym and working out. I gained like 10 or 15 value, like, you know, a little, little bit of a dad belly and I wasn't training and wasn't taking care of myself. And I was more irritable and I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't always present because I was not taking care of me. 
right? Yeah. Mate, mind, body, soul. And, and so having, you know, so I decided at that point, uh, you know, I'll get up at five in the morning, you know, instead of getting up at, you know, six or six 30 in the morning to get ready for work and be at the office at eight, I'll get up at five, you know, five in the morning and get to the gym and I'll get my workout in first thing in the morning and get it out of the way. And it was like, I own the day. Like for me, it was about morning practices. It was about get it in first thing. And then the rest of the day is a plus. Like, so that became my personal motivation. It was like, I know I got to get up and do it. And when the alarm clock would get up, you know, and this is, this is where again, you know, like I don't always recognize how different I am than many, which is I have this freaking superpower one. Like that alarm clock goes off. And believe me, I love to sleep in. <laughs> I would love to get that extra hour of sleep. But I have this ability to like, when the alarm clock goes off, I don't think about it in that moment. It's like, you can't, like, I can't let the conversation and that mind start talking. Oh, it's five in the morning and it's like 40 to 30 degrees outside, or I don't know what that is in Celsius, but you know, it's, it's freaking cold out, you know, it's down to zero Celsius or whatever. And I, it's cold and it's warm. I'm sitting here with my beloved and it's warm. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. If I go down that path, I ain't getting out of bed. <laughs> it ain't happening, right? Yeah. So it's more like, okay, so I made the decision last night when I set the alarm on my phone that my commitment is my health and well-being. Like I thought about it and I set my phone to get up in the morning. It's not, I'm not gonna set it up with, I'll see how I feel. I'll put the alarm on and I'll see how I feel in the morning. Because if you go in with that mindset, I promise you in the morning, when the alarm goes off in all likelihood, you ain't getting out of bed, right? So it's like, I made the decision that my health is important to me. I set my alarm, I get up and I just do it. And I roll heck out of bed, you know? And once I do, and whether it's, you know, for, for me now, it's things like breath practices, getting up, getting my breathing in, getting in the ice bath, you know? And again, then I own the day. Like that's, that's been, you know, the magic for me. So, so most days it's the mornings, but then like there's days like today that I had a crew of guys coming to do some work on, on the, on the farm here. And, uh, I couldn't get up early enough because these guys were going to be here at the crack of dawn and I needed to be prepared. And so like today for me, it's like, okay, when can I fit some time later in my day, you know, to, to, to still honor my practice and, and get my breath work in and get my ice bath in knowing that, you know, X number of days per week, I got to get these practices in because again, I know what they do for me is they ground me out and they keep me more focused when I am in the hunter mode of doing what I need to be doing. I'm like rested. I'm rejuvenated. I'm, I'm, I'm uplifted and I've got more power because of my practices. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, part of it is having those practices and deciding what they are, whatever works for an individual. Like I, uh, I, I, when I was younger, would love to preach on, oh, you got to do this and this and this and do it this way. Like, no, like I've, I've really recognized now it's like, and especially because, because my wife, like I was so regimented with certain things and she was way more like, no, that's not for me. I'm like, come on, you got to like, no, come on, you got to like, you know, I recognize, no, like find the things that work for you, whatever they are. Um, if it's going to the gym, if it's doing some, you know, some cycling, if it's doing some yoga, whatever practices work for you, but creating and making yourself important 
enough on your schedule to find time to carve out and do it. I think it's so key and so important. Right. Um, yeah. Most yeah, people but- just keep pushing themselves. They push it back because there's other things that come up and I can't do, oh, I've got this, I've got that. And, and so they, their own self and well-being takes the back seat. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier was rather than thinking about a job as something you have to do, think about it as something that's building you as a person, right? And so it's actually not any different from working out, doing breath work, ice baths, whatever it is. They're just different ways of building yourself and creating a better life for yourself. And so there's the physical aspect, there's the psychological aspects, emotional aspects, spiritual aspects, financial aspects. And like you need to, to include all of that, maybe not every day. But definitely in every week, you need to find that that balance, you know, and dedicate time and energy to all of that. And so it's it's erasing this dichotomy of like what I have to do versus, you know, what I should do or what would be nice. It's like, no, no, these are all conscious choices that you're making to make a better life for yourself and make you a better, stronger, healthier, happier person. Happier. Yeah. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I want to shift gears a little bit because we've been, we've been very focused on this sort of, um, I mean, w- without putting a pejorative spin on it, sort of an individualistic perspective, right? Of, of yeah. you know, my job, my body, my life, whatever. And, and one of the things that really drew me to you is your understanding of, of relationships and the importance of intimacy and, and openness and vulnerability in relationships in creating a rich life. You know, and I, I think that's that's something that's often missing from these conversations, right? You get a, a lot of just just sort of hyper focus on on productivity or or health or you know muscle mass or whatever the hell it is, and 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 people seem to forget, especially in the states, about you know how important it is to have a good relationship, you know, or good relationships, you know. And so yeah, I mean, n- nothing nothing is more powerful than love in our life. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, a it start and what we talked about a lot today is, is all around self-love really. And that, so it starts there because that's the first point is if we don't love ourselves and we don't take good care of ourselves, how can we love and take care of another or, 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 you know, really reap the the rewards of what a relationship has to offer, you know, especially a, a relationship, an intimate relationship with, with a, a, with a beloved or a partner, right. Of, of, you know, and so I, I think it starts with that self-love um, as, as the beginning point. And, and, you know, when we have that self-love and we've done the inner work to, to really deal with those parts of ourselves that are unloved, you know, mm-hmm. then we can actually, um, call in the beloved who we want in our life that can enrich our life and that we can share that beautiful vision with of, of, of whatever that life is going to look like together with another. And, and so it's, it's, you know, I like, I'm in a beautiful, beautiful community of, of, of conscious couples called Eden, uh, Eden world. And, and it's all the pill, you know, it all starts with sovereignty. So, you know, our sovereign self and, and doing the inner work that we have to do and then leading to unity, 
our, our, our partnership with our beloved, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and having a healthy, what we like to call the weenus. <laughs> so there's me, you're, there's you, and then there's the we, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, not this weenus, <laughs> but the weenus in terms of the relationship, right? And, and because that becomes a whole other entity. And then, you know, and, and then what's the, the next layer beyond the, the couple is what I would say is community. And, and community and the extended beloved, you know, mm -hmm. if you will, of, of, you know, having these rich relationships with, with others who are there to support your relationship. And you can offer that type of support with the, for their relationships as well. You mm -hmm. know, um, really passionate about um, that in, in, in my life at this point, um, because the power of of, of, of beautiful, healthy partnership um, and community, being surrounded with healthy community that's authentic and vulnerable and really uh, willing to talk about the, the, the deep stuff, not like the news, sports and the weather, but really get below the surface into the juice of like, like, like what's really going on? Like what's really going on, you know, in your life, in your relationship? And where are the where are the sticky points? Where are you getting triggered? And and how are you actually working through those parts? And are you having those kind of discussions with your beloved? Because look, every relationship takes work. It it doesn't just it's not just all rainbows and butterflies as much as yeah. we'd love to you know think that it is. Um, yeah, that's the other. It's the grand myth. It's it's an exact parallel to what we we're talking about earlier of you know just follow your bliss or whatever. It's like you can fall in love with a beautiful human and you know they're sexy they're fun they're great but then you know shit is going to happen and yeah there's there's going to be difficulty and there's going to be misunderstandings and and it's it's so tempting to kind of brush over all that and just pretend like it's not there and that's generally what happens in in popular culture you know and i feel like we're doing ourselves such a disservice by pretending that that shit doesn't happen you know, it's like, as a culture, we, we're really lacking in a mature conversation about, you know, a good relationship does take work, even if it's uh, difficult doesn't mean you need to end the relationship, you know, it means you need to work on well, it. and I think that that's what mm -hmm. most people end up doing is that, oh, right. it's, it's gotten tough. And I don't know. And then and you just leave versus, yeah. you know, really trying to do the work. I know, like, like, even, even before I became, you know, more going down this path of enlightenment and really understanding the, the, the work required in relationship. In, in my former marriage, I, I tried to go to therapy and I tried to work through it and, and I didn't have success. But I think people often do leave far too, you know, leave far too early or end relationships far too soon because something's come up for them. And I, I, that doesn't meet my standards. And, and a, a lot of times it's miscommunication because meanings are in people, not in words. And we, we, we just don't take the time to really like sit down in a non-triggered way, uh, you know, cause when our triggers up, it's, it's the, um, it's the monkey mind that takes over and we have no ability to, you know, and then what often happens is as our partner will say something that'll get us triggered, we then lose our cookies and then we're spewing or saying things that hit on that individual's trigger and then the and and it's what i call the misery go round yeah and and it's usually the same sort of topics over and over and over again that create those triggers and it's like okay 
let's let's start to get beneath the surface of what's really the value that that person has that I'm not understanding. Um, and maybe if I can actually see the value that they're really fighting for, or that's really important to them uh, underneath whatever they're saying, then I can actually connect with that value and recognize, oh, you know what? They, they just have a value for, you know, having more time and attention, you know, or, you know, because they're pissed off that you're going to go hang out with the guys or whatever, right? Oh, why are you always going out and drinking with your friends or doing whatever you're you know and uh, the nagging or whatever the case might be in some you know unhealthy unhappy or unhealthy relationship right mm -hmm. and it's like like what's the value that's under the complaint that right. the person is really looking to have met the need or the value because yeah. we can't argue with a person's needs or their values um we certainly can argue about the way people present stuff to us you know, or, you know, be in conflict with that. But if we understand a person's needs, you know, I have a need for, 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 for more time, uh, uh, more of your present time in, and more of your attention when we are together. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, what is that? Let's explore that. Let's get into that conversation because that's a conversation then you could actually go somewhere with um, versus when it's all about the trigger, when we're talking about, and he said, and she said, and then he said, and then she like, you got to get underneath all of that right and and so yeah that's where the juice starts getting yeah yeah you know you know john gottman the psychologist yeah yeah yep. yeah he has this this great image of like two fists butting against each other you know constant conflict and he says you know if you could just open those fists up what you'd see inside is is a dream or a need that's that's not being met you know and, and so much of it is, is about that just just seeing what's underneath that surface level complaint or whatever it is, you know, and getting getting to the root of the, the disagreement. Yeah, and absolutely. And and what happens is when you know, especially like we call it new relationship energy NRE. You know, when we when we first meet that person, it's like, oh my god, they're the, they're the all, be all end all of everything I always wanted. You know, and so much of it is a creation in our own mind yeah. of who we're projecting this person to be, and we really don't even know really, you know who they are mm -hmm. and you know it's like knowing who we are i mean first of all it's hard to know who we are like you know, as we continue to peel layers of, of the onion off of our own selves in in a, in a short amount of time are we really going to know who this other person is no and 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 as we begin to discover that's when the triggers start occurring because there's things from our childhood from our past that you know people will say or do that and there's neural pathways that are formed from a very young age that, you know, will lead to us dumping hormones into our body like cortisol and norepinephrine and, you know, the, these different, you know, neurotransmitters that create a hormonal reaction in our body. And, and, and oftentimes most of us are addicted at some level to those not happy hormones, but those real stress hormones because we had those shots of whatever those that cortisol was from that traumatic experience at a very young age. And, and, and as bad as it was, our body like got addicted to that type of a feeling. And so yeah. at some level, we repeat that over and over in our relationships. And I know for me, I, I was totally addicted to norepinephrine, you know, to, to, 
to, to adrenaline, norepinephrine, cortisol, and the, much more of the stress hormone, you know? And it wasn't actually until I started really doing the, the breath work and, and cold baths that I realized, oh, wow, it's way better to be addicted to dopamine and serotonin than it is, you know, high <laughs> levels of cortisol in my body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what what is your, like, if we if we come back to this idea that, you know, it's about the practices, it's about the daily routines, it's about, you know, what do you actually do day to day? What what kind of practices do you have to maintain the, the relationship and the connection? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, I, I'm really fortunate, again, because my, my wife um, is a meditation and, and, and intimacy coach and, and um, was a Tantra practitioner for many years. She, she studied under Charles Muir, kind of the father of Neo-Tantra here in the United States and with Source Tantra. And, and, and so she's, she's just been really amazing um, because she's all about healthy practices for the weenus. And, and one of them that we have is a non-negotiable date night every week. So uh, for example, for us, it's six to 10 every Wednesday night mm -hmm. and it's non-negotiable. Like that's on our calendar and we show up, period. There's no excuses. There's no, oh, we got something, we got to move. No, no, it's every week. And it's not a date night like we go out to a movie and out to dinner. Mm -hmm. It's a date night at home. And, and basically how it works is whoever's in charge of that week's date night um, will, will um, the other person will be responsible for cooking. So the other person has to have dinner ready at six o'clock. And, and so we can, you know, fill our bellies and, and have a nice dinner that we cook at home. Mm -hmm. And then, at, you know, by seven o'clock, we're sitting down and we create a, a space um, you know, you could you, in our room, a sacred space where we, we put down cushions, we light candles, uh, we have, we use incense, we have oils, um, we have, you know, some, we'll, we'll use, um, different tarot card decks and things like that. And, 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 you know, we'll, 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 we'll get into, we'll, we'll set up this beautiful sacred container where, where we, we call in, if you will, sacred space. And we're calling in this beautiful tight circle and, and, um, the spirits of our ancestors and the spirit that are looking out over our relationship and we'll, we'll call that space in and then again one of us is in charge of of the flow of the night so it may start off with again calling in space and then we we have a beautiful ritual where we anoint each other with with um essential oils so we have this beautiful essential oil and we'll we'll um put put some on our our fingers and we'll dab it on our wrists and we'll let each other smell it and then we'll we'll dab it on each other's chests and and or foreheads and we'll we'll just say some beautiful words to one another uh, acknowledgement from the last week anything that we just want to be able to bring and and say into the space about our beloved that we can just acknowledge whether it's like you know how the, how they showed up for us or how they took care of the home or how they made up beautiful dinners or um whatever it is that you can share words of praise and gratitude to the other and just this beautiful acknowledgement to this beautiful being that's sitting in front of you that you share this beautiful life with in this moment right and then we'll switch and the other person will do it with the other and then you know from there as an example we'll do things like pull cards so we have we each have our individual deck 
uh, that we'll pull a card for ourselves and we'll read it to and share what what's coming through from that you know what any messages that are coming through from that card for us mm-hmm. uh, and then we have a deck for the weenus and we'll pull a card for the couple and we'll we'll share and talk about that and then we you know and what's what's beautiful about this is that there's no there's nowhere to get to it's not about oh this is and this is going to always lead to us making love or having sex right it, mm-hmm. it, it, it like that often ends up where it'll end up going is that we know at the end of the day we have this you know beautiful connection time and somehow some way it ends up turning sexy mm-hmm. at you know at the end and so but that's not the stated goal. The stated goal is presence and, and deep connection with one another, to have time to just sit and be with each other. So we'll often do breathwork practices together. We'll sit in what's called uh, yab-yum position where you know I'll have my legs crossed and she'll sit on my lap with legs crossed and we'll be doing some beautiful eye gazing and beautiful breathing together where our, our, our breath becomes in unison and just really just flowing with the, our, our energies together and just being in this beautiful state of resonance and on and our hearts in harmony you know and our breath in harmony and just again getting into that state of just presence like this is it i'm in the now this is where i am right here being a hundred percent present with the other um so practices like that we may even play some fun games, you know, that we may have. We have a a lot of different exercises and things that Julie's developed over the years as part of her uh, work in in the area of of intimacy and, and, you know, for for relationships. So Mm -hmm. I'm super blessed because I've got a partner that has so much, so I've learned so much from her. Um, But that's one really beautiful practice, as I said, is having a non-negotiable date night every week. Um, that's a practice that we've put into place. Um, the other, uh, the other thing that we like to do is, um, once a month, have a surprise date night with one of us, and that's going out on the, you know, surprising the other with doing something. So, you know, maybe we'll make dinner, I'll make dinner plans and take her to a show or, or, you know, go, go to a movie, whatever, but it's, and, and we switch off again, back and forth. So not one person's always responsible for having to come up with the idea and what to do and where to do it. It's creating that balance in the relationship um, is really a, a, a super powerful thing to be able to have um, uh, where it's like, oh, I'm just going to rely on my, my wife or my, my partner or my husband or whoever, you know, to, to come up with the plan and do it. And I'm just going to follow along. It's like, no, you, you got to do your share, right? We, we all have to do our share in that and in, in the partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I, I really like those those ideas. That's, that sounds really nice. I'm gonna have to, to start doing that. Um, and I, can I share one more cute one that I really think people will love that I, I, uh, I learned please. from um, um, uh, our, our founders of this couples community, Eden, uh, Rano and Sierra, and they have one that's called five minute, they have a little game that we, we really love. It's called five minutes of anything. Hmm. So um, it's really a cool game because, you know, it's, in our day to day life, it gets, you know, and, and especially if people have kids and all that, it's like, oh, when do we have time? We can't make time for, you know, and 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 it's all about just small amounts of connection that that 
you know, to just get reconnected. And so five minutes of anything is a really great game because who doesn't have five minutes? Like, can you, you got five minutes? Let's play five minutes of anything. So what it looks like is, is you would ask your partner, do you want to play five minutes of anything? And the partner would say yes or no, right? And, mm -hmm. and if they say yes, then the next question is, do you want to give or receive? And so as an example, Eric, you, if I was playing with you, you want to play by and you say yes, and, and you want to give or receive. So you want to give or receive? Uh, I'll receive. Okay, great. So um, you get to choose what it is that you want to receive. Hmm. So it's anything. So it could be a foot massage, a shoulder massage, a back massage. It could be anything. It's five minutes of anything, and you're with your <laughs> beloved. So it's a well job. I don't think whatever, anything you want, you get to receive. Well, not in this case, brother. But <laughs> <laughs> Only because but, we're long distance, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you actually put a timer on your phone for yeah. five minutes, and you give your partner whatever that they wanted to receive. Mm. Okay. When the timer goes off, it's done. Yeah. And then you switch, then the other person gets their five minutes. So if I was the giver, I now become the receiver and I get to receive. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah. it's such a cool practice because it's literally 10 minutes total. And it makes this beautiful connection that when, you know, and it, it just, it, it's created from nothing in a short amount of time. And I don't need an hour or two hours of somebody's time in order to do it. In five minutes, I create this beautiful connection with my beloved. Mm -hmm. And what often ends up happening is people end up playing. You want to play again? <laughs> do it again. <laughs> you know? So the five minutes turns to, you know, the total of 10 minutes turns to 20 to 30, like all of it. So you've all of a sudden created this beautiful flow because again, you know, many times like, it's like, God, if I could just, I would love to have a back or a neck massage or a foot massage. And like, if I ask my wife, she's like, I'm the one who needs it, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you, you can get a response like that. No, you give it to me. Like, and it's like, oh, and you think, oh, I'm going to do this massage for an hour or half an hour. And like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. But five minutes, yeah. like five minutes is like easy to be able to do. And then, and then be able to then be on the receiving side of it, knowing you're going to also receive. So again, a great little practice that's super fun and super inspiring for couples. Love it. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. I like that a lot. And I, I want to, I'm going to ask you a question, which you don't have to answer and we can even edit it out if, if you don't want to, but, um, so we've, we've been talking about this, the sort of male energy of, you know, being driven, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be male. I'll say masculine, right? Um, plenty of females have it too, but but yeah. working hard, making money, getting things done, sort of this driving force and then opening that up to a more typically feminine energy of receptivity and maybe more creativity and finding this sort of balance in the couple, right? And one aspect of that that, that very rarely gets talked about is how do you balance your finances, right? If, if, if you have one part of the, the couple that's coming in with, with way more money than the other part, you know, and then everyone, you know, they give what they have to give, right? But, but if someone has money to give and someone else has, you know, love and creativity, you know, one of them you can use to buy a house and the other one you can't, right? So how do you, how do, you do that calculus? How do you figure that out? God, such a great question. And, and 
such a deep long yeah that's it so that that's been a, that's been the greatest edge for for me you know and so as you're saying it you know it's like um i, I was in a 19-year marriage mm -hmm. and i started with nothing grew my businesses ended up getting divorced and ended up having half going away you know and so then i was in this whole other period of now you know back to being a single man and then you know getting into this relationship with my beloved six years ago and and um i'm the more moneyed of the two you know there's no question about it and so yeah we, we've and then we just got married six months ago here on our property and and so we are in this exploration together of how do we do that in a healthy way because you know and 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 so part of it was um you know having clear boundaries around your sovereignty and 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 also though um like my you know okay what am i coming in with and and how do i not ever if 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 this relationship didn't last forever how do i make sure that i don't have to go through what i went through the first time yet I have this beloved who brings so much love, so much enrichment into my life and gives back so many different ways that are non-monetary, you know, that my life would not have the, the richness that it does without the contributions that my beloved has. So yeah. how could I also make sure that she's taken care of? And so, you know, we went through this whole exercise of going through, you know, a, 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 with a, a conscious way of looking at a, a, a prenuptial agreement before our marriage and then and you know now entering into we oh, did i did i freeze on you yeah did it freeze uh, on you pre, yeah the Am prenup back? conscious prenup yeah Sorry. yeah so we 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 worked together to create a a conscious prenuptial agreement because i was really convinced that being with her for 6 years already knowing what goodness that she's brought into my life and knowing that my cup at this point having sold my businesses and where i am in my particular financial situation is to the point where i have more than enough to take care of myself and and my daughters mm -hmm. if need be that if our relationship long term didn't last how can i make sure that she doesn't walk away and have to start all over again right. you know um so there's that portion of it. And then there's the portion of it that's practical in our day to day of, of, um, yeah, I, I am in a, in a different financial position than she is. And am I going to continue to have to, you know, make her have to work and bring in financial, you know, and, and have her intimacy and, and meditation and intimacy business and practice, you know, the, the, the business that she have have to be a, a, a revenue generator for us that she has to pay all her bills or can it be more of her passion and she's doing it out of you know her give back and also obviously working uh and because when you when you're less after the you know when when she was after it for the financial aspect it's that whole thing of the you know the more you push towards something the more it, you know it seems to push away right the more you're mm -hmm. reaching and grabbing the more yeah. it pushes away and what i found is that when i can let her be in her divine feminine and she could actually put that masculine side because she was a very independent woman for many years a single mom taking care of her daughter and she had to figure out how to hunt and fish on her own and she did an yeah. amazing job of it yeah. you know but then coming in this relationship and offering all that she does do i need to make her have to to, to work at that level and mm -hmm. how can we have you know for us 
her being able to contribute in the, the ways that she can contribute that may not necessarily be financial, that offer yeah. tremendous value to me and to our relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, again, we're working through that now and have, have set up a joint account and put a, you know, a specific dollar amount in it so that we could actually have joint funds together. And then, you know, and then we're creating projects like we are here with our home, which is, uh, we, we fun, called the sanctuary of yum so definitely check us out on instagram if you want to you know follow the sanctuary of yum but you know our plan is to be able to um, a have uh, organic food coming off our ground uh, off our land that's going to be farm to table in our home mm -hmm. and then be able to also have that available for our community and then be able to sell some of that and bring that out in the in, into the into the um to the local community here but beyond that, then be able to do workshops together, whether that be, you know, her teaching Tantra and, and me teaching breath work and ice baths and and being able to have a shared vision where we can have income coming in that we both share in. So, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, I don't have a solid answer on it, Eric, because it's an area for us that we're still working through and learning through. But I'm really clear one thing that as soon as I was able to take the pressure off of my wife, to have to, mm -hmm. it has made a huge difference in how she shows up because she's able to really drop into her divine feminine. Mm -hmm. And that has huge benefits for me and yeah. for us. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I've, I have a, a very similar experience and it gets into this, this weird sort of taboo area, you know, where it's the, the PC thing to say is, you know, men and women are exactly the same. and. You know, it makes no difference what you have between your legs. Uh, it, you know, we all should be, you know, basically like have exact equality in, in the home, you know, and I don't know any examples of that that actually work. You know, it, it seems like there, as long as both parts are giving what they can give, you know. And, yeah. And, and yeah. And I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I came from a traditional marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's not what, what I have today. You know, I do tremendous amounts of cooking and cleaning and, and what, I, I don't have any problem with it, you know? Yeah. Um, it, you know, so yeah, I, I, I think that we all have certain magic that and, and, and beauty that we, we bring into the relationship and mm -hmm. being able to, to, to see each other for what we actually bring in and really value it whether it is monetary or non-monetary is so important. And that was a big shift for me, was being able to, to value the non-monetary because I did come from a background that it was all about the dollars and cents mm -hmm. for so much of my life, mm -hmm. you know, um, of what's your contribution, right? You know, and, and, yeah. and, and being in a financial sense versus being able to look at all the non-financial contributions that, that one can bring into the relationship. Yeah. And valuing it yeah yeah and the, again we come back to this sort of tension between the financial world and the interpersonal world or, or something where it's I've, I've definitely had that experience where if you can take the financial pressure off somewhere they don't have to be in that grind sort of you know always looking for new clients and creating their business and whatever it is and, and can kind of allow them to relax into it just not so that they have to stop working but that their attitude toward work is different that opens up a whole nother dimension of, of intimacy and connection. And it's just, it's a whole different ballgame. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the pressures off. And when the pressure's off, 
then actually you can get into a much more of a flow state and things actually start happening just naturally. And you, the universe will actually provide when you're not pushing and forcing and forcing. I, you know, for so much of my life, I was a salmon swimming up river. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to the spawning ground. I'm going to get, I'm going to get up there, you know, and like really in the last 11 years of my life realized that, oh, wow, you can get there by going with the river. You don't have to necessarily swim up river to, to, to get to where you want to go and go more with the flow and, you know, still have a, a clear desire of where and a vision of where you want to go. But the approach to getting there doesn't have to be that very masculine, hardcore, you know, yang approach to it versus weaving in some of the more feminine uh, qualities into it. And, and flow is part of that, right? That more of a yin state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, um, I'm just, uh, conscious of the time. I've got some people coming to do some breath work and nice baths. Yeah, today, I, so. we didn't even get into talking about medicine at all, but maybe in the right. Future. No, so we can we can keep going. I still got another like 15 minutes or so. Um, okay. But I just wanted to, to transition into the that idea of community and of of giving back and and sort of you know from the individual to the the couple and from the couple to the world at large. You know, and what, how does, how does that show up for you now? Like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you engaged in to sort of, yeah, I mean, the way you said is, is give back you know, to your part. Hmm. So, yeah. So for me, um, part of my um, desire you know, with becoming a Wim Hof instructor was to be able to have some more tools that I can offer to people mm -hmm. in, in my give back. And um, uh, as an individual, being able to, to, to offer that to, to people I'm doing perhaps some coaching with. And, 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 and I'm, I'm really interested in working with young entrepreneurs who are looking to live a more balanced life and, and are, are looking for the wisdom of somebody who's been down the road, right? And so part of it will be being able to coach those people in certain areas, as well as offering things like breath work and, and ice as in cold water immersion as a part of it mm -hmm. um, as a couple um, my wife and i have been really um and especially through the pandemic we we had kind of a pandemic bubble of of different couples that we were we were super close with and we were all really clear on our protocols so that we felt safe in in in, in doing small gatherings mm -hmm. um and, and, and part of that has been getting closer to, to some of these couples and recognizing where those couples have um some of their challenges and and so my wife my wife and i have been doing um you know weekend uh, we call them epics if you will where you know a couple come in and they'll they'll, they'll stay over for a weekend at our home and and uh, we'll have a nice dinner on friday night and saturday we'll we'll um um you know really kind of process some of the areas where that they're really having some struggles with mm -hmm. and um, um we've we've worked with with some um, medicinals um, in the evening in order okay. to, you know, uh, one really, you know, powerful um, is, is using uh, MDMA medicinally mm -hmm. to, to really open up people's hearts and to really dive into some of those spaces that there's, the hearts are just completely closed and shut down. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, really finding that, that that's an area that, um, 
we can really work closely with couples on helping them break through some of these old stale patterns that really don't serve them or their relationship any longer to really reopen people's hearts back up again and to get that connection and that intimacy flowing again because mm -hmm. so often what happens is is these these deep resentments build up yeah and then there's just no space and ability to talk about them and then what happens is is the resentments build up and then there's this hmm, it's never going to change this is just how it is and and i just got to live with it and this is as good as it gets and you know and and um what if those barriers can be broken down and there's an opportunity to actually get into some of those areas and really talk about where the needs aren't being met mm -hmm. and what are the values that aren't really being addressed in the relationship to help the couple break through those areas and then rejuvenate that new relationship energy that's been trapped underneath all those layers of crap that build up right mm -hmm. and to clear some of that stuff away so that you can get into this really this beautiful place of, of heart opening and deeper connection um, makes a huge difference so um, you know we, we we've um, done this type of work medicinally non-medicinally and you know um, and it's it's made huge huge differences in the community of couples that we're friends with that we we have uh, a number of dear couples who probably whose relationships probably would have ended and we've had the opportunity to 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 do this type of work with them um through you know this type of intimacy coaching um mm -hmm. to really break down some of those areas and open hearts back up and really you know really coming back into healthy polarity in the relationship because mm -hmm. i don't know if you ever heard of esther perel and she yeah. talks a lot about that healthy polarity and really being able to see where the polarity lies in the relationship and um being able to play with that polarity so mm -hmm. you know um um, for my wife and I, as an example, you know, I'm that strong masculine and, and always in charge and da, 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 and she's much more, you know, often more in the soft in space. And what does that look like if we can flip that sometimes and, and play where she can actually be in charge mm -hmm. and I play the more yin role and, and playing in, in some of that polarity and how that actually positively impacts the relationship has been you know, for us, um, a, a super powerful um, way to strengthen and bring the relationship even closer. Yeah, yeah. So I think the question was, how, what, what are we, what type of give backs, right? So, mm. you know, uh, that, that's one area is, 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 is working, working with couples. Uh, and again, for me, the other area is going to be working with young uh, CEOs um, who maybe uh, don't even have the money right now. Because for me, I'm not doing it for the money. I just want people who are interested in really all about growth. And you know what? Pay me what you can. Because mm -hmm. I just want to give back. I wish when I was young, I had somebody who could mentor me and offer me that. Um, yeah. 
and and because I didn't have you know three or four hundred dollars an hour or twenty thousand dollars to pay for a coaching package or whatever it was at that yeah. time when I was yeah. early in my career. And had I had that type of mentoring, where would I have been on my path so much sooner? And how much more would how much more could I have impacted the world positively if I had had that? Because mm -hmm. so, so much is about how can we positively impact the world? And it starts here. If we're solid and we're doing our inner work and so many aspects of that work is finding that self-love and that mm -hmm. happiness inside, and then extending that to those relationships around us, whether that be our beloved, if we're in partnership or any of our interpersonal relationships where we're emanating love and light. <laughs> and because we're coming from a really our, our, our cup is full because we're self resourced and being able to spread that then to the next layer. And then that just spreads because if everybody's doing that work, where is the world going to be? Right. When love is paramount, when our connections are paramount, especially now more than ever, because and especially here in the United States, like we see such divisiveness between the backs and then on all the different polarity that we see here right now. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Ju Julie and I are really all about how, how can we give back in a way that leaves this world a better place, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that we can, you know, continue to expand ourselves and expand those that are around us so that we can find more love in our lives. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, no, that sounds, sounds like some really amazing work you guys are doing. All right, well, I guess, I don't know. Is there, is there anything else you want to cover? Any questions you wish I had asked? Anything that you just want to blurt out to the world um yeah i, I kind of went into mdma and all that but i i just um it's kind of interesting because you know i don't know if i should talk a little about my journey in plant medicine and and how where, where that's gone but it, i i think we're i think we got you got a lot of good content here yeah hmm. yeah 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 but, yeah but but i mean yeah let's let's go there man let's do it um what you know yeah i mean so yeah you mentioned mdma but what is your your personal relationship with psychedelics, with plant medicine? How has that played into your your personal journey? Yeah. So, you know, for for me, my journey around that started uh, upon leaving my marriage. Um, mm -hmm. I had a good friend who um, had worked with plant medicines, um, and I always looked at it as doing drugs when I was in, in, in my former life, if, if you will, you know, like, yeah. Oh, I don't need to be doing psychedelics. That's just doing drugs and whatnot. And really didn't understand the power that some of these plant medicinal plant medicines really offer. Um, and so he actually took me um, down to Monterrey, Mexico uh, on a trip about 10 months into my divorce. And I was really in a tough place emotionally um, 
lot of blame, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt going through me, you know, related to leaving a 19 year marriage and my, you know, where that put my daughters and just the whole nine yards. So he, he took me out, uh, down to a, a, a gal in, in, in Monterrey, Mexico, that was working with uh, peyote. And um, I went on a, on a, on a week long, you know, quest with him down there to, to this uh, gal's ranch. Um, and um, that was my first connection to, to plant medicine was working with peyote and mm. um, had a very, very, very profound experience of um, w working with that medicine on releasing a lot of the shame and the guilt that that had pervade me, um, you know, with with the divorce mm -hmm. um, and opened up some some areas for me. Um, that and and thin the veil, if you will, to be able to see life in in a way that I hadn't really been able to see it from an angle, from a different from a different altitude that I wasn't able to to really see it from before. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it was definitely not to get high by any means. It was an experience of of, of growth and expansion as mm -hmm. I took that journey, and um, so that was my kind of my 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 first experience, and then. Um, uh, and then he introduced me um, to some folks um, that would um, travel in. Um, the, the gentleman was Colombian and he trained in the Amazon um, with ayahuasca and ayahuasqueros and um, uh, did a number of, you know, ayahuasca ceremonies. <clears throat> and, and again, you know, talk about thinning the veil and, and, and opening up areas and really being able to, to deal with parts of myself that I had no ability to really connect to and deal with, um, mm -hmm. found tremendous healing um, and, and deeper connection to, to the earth, Mama Gaia, um, through those plant medicines and really recognizing what, what is important and what is my path and where and what, what, is, what is my, my, my purpose gonna be in life and how can I give back? That was really one of the, the big messages that kept coming through from the plant medicine was, you know, on a, a go forward basis is, you know, I have so many experiences, I've learned so much in the business world and, and, and how to make money and whatnot. And how can I give back in a way that can could actually make a difference so that the world will be a better place, mm -hmm. you know, for the future uh, with young entrepreneurs. So um, Iowa is something that really opened my eyes to, to, to that whole journey. Mm -hmm. um, um, had had some uh, have some other friends who are shamans uh, locally here um, that work with um, Wachuma, which is kind of a cousin to to the peyote, mm -hmm. uh, San Pedro cactus, and it's also known as the grandfather plant. And um, I've done a uh, done some work with with the Wachuma plant, and um, again, you know, just really shedding those parts of myself that no longer serve me. You know, that that's really been the, the profound healing of these different plant medicines that I've found is is really peeling away layers of the onion and coming into deeper uh, harmony with myself and those parts of myself that, you know, were previously perhaps unloved and couldn't be dealt with where there was a lot of shame and guilt around those parts of myself and being able to actually start to embrace and look at those parts with with a, uh, another level, uh, an, another set of eyes, and and um, offering those parts of myself grace and forgiveness, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even working with psilocybin has been, you know, a, a tremendous uh, adventure in that arena of, again, getting closer to self and parts of myself that I had trouble approaching, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, p- p- parts of myself um, that um, I wanted to deny and repress uh, versus actually embrace and own and integrate um, all, all those different parts of the shadow self that um, we try to run away from, but they're always there. And then they show up in our, in our triggers. And, and, you know, when we, when our, we're, we're in relationship with someone and we have something that's said, and it's typically usually those shadow parts of ourself that are um, controlling the wheel. Right. And mm-hmm. so I found in my journey, working with some of these medicinals, these plant medicinals uh, with, and it's all around, obviously doing it in a safe, environment it's all about set and setting and and clear intentions so you know i would never go down this path with with anyone other than somebody who's really qualified to lead in in this type of work but i've found that you know doing it in the in the right environment with the right people and if your intentions are to you know to really delve into those parts of yourself to find full love of self those are really, really powerful tools to open up parts of the self that you just can't get through in talk therapy, as an example. And I've done years and years of talk therapy um, when I was going through my divorce, before my divorce, during my marriage, in my younger days, I had done you know work with therapists on on those parts of myself, but always found that there was a block, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't really get to those certain parts of myself um, because the egoic mind just did not want to see it die those parts of myself die and and so you know some of these plant medicinals have have really been profound for me personally and being able to break through those walls in my own self and and open and expand my heart and and expand my own love of my own self so yeah that that, those have been you know clearly a, a part of my my journey into a higher sense, a sense of enlightenment and mm-hmm. and spiritual closeness um, and that whole mind body soul connection. Yeah, that's beautiful. Man. Yeah, it sounds like we have a very very similar experience in that in that regard. I think that's that's what it's all about. Is getting getting through those those barriers, just letting those walls dissolve and getting into deeper connection with the self. You know. Yeah, and, and I think it's all about, you know, like there's there's no one right way to 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 get there, to to get to that place of complete self-love. There's no one, oh, here's your silver bullet. Just do this and it's all gonna happen. Oh, do do one ayahuasca ceremony. You're gonna be, you know, it's you're gonna find it all. You, you may or may not, right? And and it's it's about having different arrows in your quill that you can, you know, use breath work, use cold immersion, use meditation, use, you know, plant medicine, use therapy, like, it's all of these different, you know, arrows in the quill Mm -hmm. that are there to help us heal those parts of ourself that, you know, are unloved and needing that love, you know, and, and usually that usually all comes back to that inner child. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
All right, man. I think we're gonna have to end it here. I'm so awesome, sorry. Brother. I'm really, really enjoyed the conversation. I really appreciate yes. your time. Um, but yeah, just I just gotta go. Thank you.